This is Weekly Woman by Jubilance for PMS. Hi everyone, it's Alice Cash with Weekly Woman, and we have an exciting podcast this week. First off, we're talking more about Women's History Month and how we can be the fiercest feminists in the room, as well as one of my favorite women-owned company is Zippy Pantry. We're talking to the owners of it and entrepreneurs and hearing a little bit more about their story. So keep on listening. First, we have to give it up for our sponsor, Jubilance for PMS, the only supplement on the market to help relieve your emotional PMS symptoms. This supplement is produced by a woman-run company and is the only clinically tried supplement on the market for the emotional side of PMS. Just think if you could stop all the stressing and those anxieties that accompany PMS. It's totally possible with a supplement you take once a day. Learn more if Jubilance is right for you at jubilance.com. As it's Women's History Month, it is time to fight like a feminist, feel like a boss babe, and celebrate the holiday that's all about us. How do you do that? Well, first off, I recommend you celebrate the whole month long, but also this whole year is a chance for us to celebrate because we made it through. So here are some of the ways to celebrate like the fiercest feminist you are. Why not explore the history of women's rights? Last year, we celebrated the 100th anniversary of gaining our right to vote, but why not go back and learn a little bit more about these amazing suffragettes? Support a nonprofit. Give your time or money to an organization you love. They might not have volunteer events right now, but you could help them with virtual events or maybe donate your time to help create graphics or your knowledge of the law, whatever it may be. Watch film and TV shows directed and produced by women. Chloe Zhao just won Best Director for Nomadland at the Golden Globes. Why not check out her film and find more female directors and producers? Some of my favorites include Lost in Translation, Lady Bird, The Farewell, and Selma. Also, don't even forget the best show of the year. I will fight you on this. Bridgerton, created by Shonda Rhimes. If you haven't seen it yet, stop listening to this right now and watch this Regency-era hot men manners sex sexy show. How can you not love it? Visit a museum virtually and check out female artists. Who's your favorite? I love visiting artsy.net to check out both historical works of art and works by contemporary artists. Acknowledge the amazing women in your life. Every woman is incredible in her own way and let them know it. Why not write all the women in your life notes this month about how they inspire you? Support women-owned businesses like the women on the podcast today with their business Zippy Pantry. Start celebrating this month or the rest of the year. Let's all embody our own Sasha Fierce and keep acknowledging all the amazing women in our lives. We've made it through a year of this madness. It's time to acknowledge that and celebrate our voices of those who identify as female this month. Managing my stress levels. I take on way too much, I do way too many things, and every year I tell myself I'm going to do less and less. I always seem to not meet that goal every year. I've removed no stress from my life. There is um, too much to do. If you're also trying to remove stress from your life, the only thing that has helped me immensely, more than anything, has been jubilance. Uh, This PMS supplement (laughs) is a lifesaver, and most of the stress that I have to deal with is on my period, and it helps me keep my cool, find my peace, and deal with my stress and manage it better. 
But now that I have Jubilance to help me with all this dress, I was able to get everything I need to get done. I am not overwhelmed and I can finally put this all away and just enjoy what 2021 has to bring. Welcome. Thank you so much for being on the podcast today. Thanks for, yeah, having, thanks us. for having us. Yeah, we're so excited to have you. Um, okay, so we kind of start off with some more like softball, easy questions. Um, what is your favorite show that you binged during COVID? Bridgerton. Definitely Bridgerton. <laughs> Definitely. Hands down. No questions. Yeah, I, I watched it with my mom. I watched it with Alexa. I watched it with multiple friends. I think I've seen it at least 30 times. Literally. Those it's like one of those things that's like, I could find a new show or I could watch Bridgerton. Right. So. Right. It's definitely become the comfort show of COVID. Yeah. Because I think that the period, the period piece just makes you feel like you're not here. Yep. <laughs> you know, like no one's wearing masks. Everyone's wearing these oh. great dresses. Yeah. Plus Renee is so hot. <laughs> yes. It's so much fun. Yeah, I've only watched it once, but now I'm inspired. I need to watch it, like, now. Yeah, yeah. I think especially you, you would love it with, with all of the costumes. Oh, it's great. And with the accents. Like, oh, it's yeah. everything. It's everything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, those are the snacks that I want. Like, all of those period foods. Can I put yeah. <laughs> my pantry? <laughs> yeah. Totally. Yeah. Maybe, maybe we could do a, a Bridgerton collection yeah. for, the, for, for the second season. Find oh some, my god. Find yeah. snacks. Definitely. Don't even tempt me. <laughs> <laughs> can you talk about a favorite story from a trip you've taken? Like po- before COVID. Yeah. It's so hard because I feel like the, the concept of a trip is so foreign to me now. <laughs> um, so let me think. I mean, last year, last year I took a little trip with my family and we just spent, um, spent about a week at a beach house. So it's nice to be all together and get to, you know, get to see everyone and feel somewhat, you know, somewhat normal and just connect with my family because I hadn't seen them in a while. So that's probably my, my favorite, favorite memory from a recent trip. Yeah, I um I took a trip to I went to Amsterdam for the first time uh, last year um, with actually one of our other really good friends um, who worked with us at Naturopathica from when we were working there together, um, and we it was just like very spontaneous, very last minute, and we kind of just like went with the flow and we had just the best time, um, and it was like I just remember like walking around and like really like feeling um it was like a very pivotal time in my life um and I just remember like at one point I like grabbed her and I was like I can like literally like feel like the joy like in my heart like so it was so powerful I was just like so happy and I just like grabbed her and I was like I can like I'm overwhelmed by the amount of joy I feel right now um and it was like in November of last year so it was like the last trip I took before before COVID um, happened. Like the last real trip, international trip I took before COVID. Um, so it was great. Um, I'm glad I really, i glad I got to have that trip. But uh, yeah. but yeah, it, times have definitely changed. <laughs> There's still moments like that, but they're, uh, they're a little few and far between. <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah, we're trying to figure out where we should go when this is over. Yeah, yeah, we're, we're planning, we're planning lots of trips. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay, where's the first place you would go? 
Oh, uh, we were talking maybe Berlin. Yeah, we were talking. We've um, been talking about Copenhagen, yeah, Japan. Yeah, Japan is definitely. Yeah. I don't know. That might yeah. actually be the first place. It depends, yeah. though. It yeah, depends on when the world reopens. I became uh, a British citizen during COVID because my mom. I finally made my mom. My mom was born there. I finally made her get her British passport, and so that I could get mine. That is so. And cool. So now I can go whenever, <laughs> and I'm like, maybe we'll just go there at any point in time. So yeah. I don't. Know. we'll see yeah amazing wow and can you talk about where you guys are living now yeah yeah we're both in Brooklyn now um in Alexa's apartment currently so I live in Bed-Stuy and I'm in um right on the border of East Williamsburg and Bushwick so like right near Roberta's actually um, oh, right okay around. oh cool yeah great um, and what's your favorite part about Brooklyn do you guys have a favorite restaurant I know you're all you're both foodies yeah. Um, my favorite restaurant in Brooklyn, um, probably I love Soto Casa in in Borum Hill. If they have my favorite pizza, um, but my favorite restaurant in the city's got to be Loring Place in the West Village. Miss <laughs> Alice, you already know I'm obsessed with that place. I don't need any excuse to to go there. Um, what I love about Brooklyn is that it's so open. Like I, I love all. I love the trees. I love the friendliness of people. I love the slower pace. Um, for me, it's a good a good balance because I love living in New York, but living in Manhattan is really not my speed. Um, so it's good to be able to to come home to Brooklyn. Yeah, I am. Um, I actually moved back to the city uh, in December of last year, um, of, or of 20, 2019, not twenty twenty. Um, and so. It, like it's interesting because it changed a lot in the three years that I was gone, but I knew that I wanted to move back to Brooklyn. I just, I, again, like, I just love, yeah, the openness of it, the, um, just the, it's like a very, like the buildings are shorter. So it just feels like you see more easier. Um, but I don't know. I mean, definitely in my neighborhood, the restaurant that I probably frequent the most is Roberta's. Um, and it's like, delicious um but I don't know I feel like I haven't gotten to explore it as much as I would have um because of, of the <laughs> pandemic um but um in Manhattan um one of my favorite restaurants closed because of of a bunch of uh, me too drama which was the spotted pig which is a really great tavern was spotted pig closed yeah yeah well it was embroiled in some in a, <laughs> some in a lot of scandal um what? Okay, because of like, yeah, Mario Batali and it was, yeah, Google it. It's a lot. Um, and then they had some like chefs like that went in. It was not, the quality went down, but it was always a great vibe in there. Um, yeah. And then I don't know. I just haven't really like figured out my new favorite spot yet, but I'm like a creature of habit now. Like I used to be like, I have to go to the best new restaurant. And now I just love to find like a cozy place where I like feel comfortable so I end up going like this year the place that I've gone to the most is actually like the standard east village like the standard cafe like is like my jam like I find a corner booth and I just like or a corner table and I'm just like sit there for hours and whether they've had outdoor dining only or they open indoor dining periodically like I just it's really great and lovely there and they know me and it's it's my spot <laughs> That's so nice. That's so good to like have that feeling and that familiarity with people. Yeah, especially these days. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> all, all cozy. How can, yeah. 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 Totally. yeah. Can you guys talk a little bit about um, your food journey and coming to Zippy? So you guys have had very different backgrounds. Erica yeah. and um, Alexa, you both worked in the beauty industry. Can you talk a little bit about that transition? Sure. 
Yeah. Um, so for me, I think like my food, my food journey started, um, you know, with my family and I come from a lot of bakers um, and a lot of home cooks. And so I was always around food, always had, um, like every time I would go over to my Nana's house, there would be, there would always be food and she would, she would always offer, you know, always offer dinner. And um, there was just always delicious, delicious food. And so I, um, I started baking from a really young age and um, and did that a lot, especially with my aunt. And, um, but then when I went off to, you know, to college, then I was on, I was on the dining plan and going to, you know, good old Leo's, um, and was just not feeling, not feeling the best after just eating dining hall food and lived on this amazing floor, um, where a lot of people love to cook and a lot of people, um, you know, were, were teaching me because I had really been baking up until that point. And so that's when I really got into like making more meals for myself and also entertaining and hosting and being able to share food with people. And so I think that's what I love the most about making food is sharing it with, sharing with my friends, sharing with my family. Um, and then, you know, once I graduated, ended up working in the beauty industry, um, was at L'Oreal for a bit and really loved the ethos of making people feel, making people feel good and making, um, making it easy for people to take moments for themselves. And, um, and at that point in the industry, at that time in the industry, we were seeing this shift um, in beauty going towards a more holistic wellness approach um, that involved supplements, but also just involved food. And so um, just starting to see this overlap between, between food and beauty and health and wellness um, and so was at a, you know, a smaller, more holistic uh, health company for a while. And I think that just started further cementing this different kind of attachment uh, to yeah. food. Yeah, exactly. And, and that was where we met, but I'll, I'll kind of go back a little yeah. bit for me. Um, I grew up in a similar environment where I was just surrounded by food all the time. You know, my parents, um, my mom um, was, you know, half English, but half Ukrainian, which was, which meant there were always like really rich, um, you know, meals around, whether it was halopchi or pierogi. And um, my, my dad was half Irish, half Italian. So there was always pasta and meatballs. And like, so no matter what, like we were always, um, there was always like a lot, a lot of food. And my, my parents were um, kind of like the they were the um, the matriarch and the patriarch of the family. So every holiday was at our house, and um, my mom was like such a homemaker. So she, we always were, um, you know, she was always baking, and she was also a school teacher. So um, you know, there was always like it was almost like she took that on as like a, a project. And so there was like she would be making stuff for others, but also she was always receiving like extra like cookies as like gifts. And so there was just like always food around. Um, and for me, um, eventually it actually became um, a little bit problematic. And I actually like, and when I got to Georgetown um, and there was just food available all the time, I actually like struggled with like eating and like had like eating experience, eating disordered behaviors. And um, still like, it's not something that like ever goes away. And I had to actually like, you know, it's something that I, um, actually had to really start to think about like, okay, like I cannot like necessarily like, you know, I don't necessarily have to live the way that my family like 
lived and like food doesn't need to have the same like food can have I, I can like kind of carve out my own relationship with food and it was definitely like a real struggle for me um for a while like what is my relationship with food and I had to like really define it for myself and like I don't have to necessarily like the same things that my family likes and so my my relationship with food got really tumultuous for a while. Um, and I didn't necessarily like, you know, the same things that my parents liked. And I wasn't, I didn't love cooking and I didn't love baking and all of that. And so it was weird because that was the stuff that I grew up around. Um, but I really loved like snacking and I really loved, you know, eating smaller meals. And so I had to really figure out like, okay, that's something that's like not intuitive for my family. And like, how do I, marry these two things, but like make my parents feel like comfortable with that. And so um, it was definitely a process. Um, and then, you know, eventually, like after figuring it out for myself, and it's definitely still like a journey, um, and it never kind of goes away, but you, know, you learn and you you work and you work really hard at it. Um, I, you know, I entered adulthood and I sort of figured out what works for me. Um, and I ended up in the beauty industry as well. Um, and, you know, the beauty industry, I think, as Erica said, started to really have a lot of overlap with food. And I found that um, to be actually really comforting. Um, the fact that like beauty and food were intertwined because I always felt like for me, like beauty, like especially when it came to my skin, like there was always like no matter what creams I put on, it was always what I ate and what I, how I was sleeping and my mental health, that was what was showing up on my face. It wasn't no matter what cream yeah. I put on, or the like it wasn't any of that. And what was like the amount of concealer I needed was determined by what I was eating or how I was sleeping. So that was, um, you know, as, as you know, there, this wellness movement came to be more predominant, um, I was really responding to that. And um, I started, I actually, I worked for Lauder and then I worked for Unilever for a while for some of these bigger brands. And when it was sort of like the emergence of clean beauty and sort of this larger wellness movement came about, I actually left, I started my own consulting business and then I started consulting for Naturopathica, which is where we met. Um, and it was, um, you know, there that um, we were just seeing this trend you know, become more than a trend and become sort of a, a way of life for a lot of people and seeing this opportunity um, become even, even bigger. Um, yeah. Wow, that's awesome. And how did that translate into Zippy? And what actually is Zippy Pantry? So all our yeah. listeners can learn about it. Yeah, yeah. So Zippy Pantry is an online marketplace that has emerging brands um, and is really supposed to be an antidote to all of the the conversations and the anxiety that people can have around food. So we want the experience to be fun and inclusive and accessible and really bright, um, so that everyone who you know who visits the site can find a snack or you know a pantry staple or a new beverage to try that they like and really feel joy around around eating and joy around discovering these new brands. Yeah. So what we found is that um, the 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 wellness industry can actually be really, really, um, really stressful um, and healthy eating can be really overwhelming um, and it can be really hard to figure out what's the right, what are the right products for me? Um, what's the right diet for me? And diet culture has just become really confusing um, and also very whitewashed um, and very sort of like one note and can feel very um, exclusive. Um, and we wanted to 
just blow all of that up and make it feel way more inclusive, um, very welcoming and inviting no matter where you are in, in your journey um, uh, in terms of health, wellness, or healthy eating. Um, to, you know, for everyone who, you know, if you, if you like to cook, if you don't like to cook, if you are new to healthy eating, or if you've been eating healthily for years, and no matter how you define it. So some people define it based off of certain dietary needs. Some people define it based off of the allergies that they have. Some people define it just based off of the foods they like. And so we wanted it to be, you know, however you define um, what healthy means to you. Now we have a certain set of ingredients standards, and then we have a certain set of packaging standards, because not only do we want our products to be healthy for people, but we want them to be protective of the planet. And we want them to be, um, you know, at least um, uh, rooted in ideals of or goals for sustainability. Now that's not necessarily completely possible right now, um, but there is, you know, a sustainability journey for all of our products so that we are kind of protecting the planet. Um, so we definitely try to uphold those goals, but we don't enforce them upon people. Um, and that's, that's the difference with Zippy. Whereas when you look at some of these other sites, it can feel pretty intimidating. Um, and that, that elicits feelings of guilt or shame or fear. And that's not what we're about. We're about fun and joy and really um, making healthy, um, accessible and enjoyable. I find that really fun about your website too. It's really easy to search like I'm, I'm gluten free so I can press the little button and see yeah. all of the snacks and pantry items that I can eat, um, which, yeah. which is really fun. But like all of those different options that you have of vegan, yeah. I don't know the other ones because I, uh, I need to eat more healthy snacks. <laughs> but. Oh, but it's true. Like we, you know, you, and if you're all of those things, like, right, you can be gluten-free, paleo, vegan, and you can filter by, like, you can select all of those filters simultaneously, and then we'll show you what we have. But we also, um, you know, our assortment is pretty tight because we, um, we really, we're very selective in terms of the brands. We only support emerging brands, and none of our brands are really available on a national scale yet because we really want to be a launch pad for our brands. We we invite them onto Zippy um, and in the hopes that they'll get picked up by a Whole Foods or a Kroger and they'll be seen by them. Um, and then they will end up at a more national distribution level, but that they'll they'll be on Zippy first and that people will find them and love them. Um, we want to support our brands. You know, we provide them with guidance when people give us feedback. You know, we have really strong relationships with our founders and that's another big part of what we do. Um, you know, an important aspect is this idea of community. Um, and we didn't even really talk about that because what we are is first and foremost a marketplace, but even bigger than that is this idea of a community. Um, we select every product based off of a vetting process that you know we go through, but also we have a community of our, our taste buds who are our, our taste testers. Um, they are you know a group of their dietitians, their foodies, their um, you know their food experts. Um, but they they taste test every product. They tell us what they think. So there's this authenticity there. Um, but then we also give feedback to to the founders. So every product that you see on the site has been really thoughtfully chosen, um, and also to fit certain dietary needs. So you know we try to have a really balanced assortment, um, and it's not you know driven by by newness. You know 
we don't bring on hundreds of new products all the time. We have a, it's a tight assortment and we don't have a ton of products that you'll find elsewhere. It's, you can really only find them um, in, in certain places. Yeah, I, I mean, I've never heard of pulp chips before or <laughs> chips. <laughs> it's, so, it's very exciting. How do you, um, like, what is the strangest product that you've tested or tried? Oh man, um, I don't know. Maybe like the nemi, the nemi, um, cact oh, yeah, the, the, the amaranth cactus, the amaranth cactus sticks. sticks. Those were those were interesting. They're really these crispy cactus sticks. They're really good. My favorite product that's not that weird, but they're like they're mind blowingly good. Are these? We have these cactus chips that you would not believe that they're cactus. Yeah. But oh. these chialupita cactus chips. They're not that weird though. I don't know. I'm trying to think. Yeah. They're like that's like the best weird product. Like because yeah. they're cactus chips and you would not believe. Yeah, I think the strangest thing I tried was um, we have this fish jerky and oh, I, yeah. yeah, I had never I'd never seen or heard of fish jerky before, but I. I really like seafood a you, lot. You know what I bet people would think are is weird, but we don't think it's that weird anymore. Is mushroom jerky? Oh, oh my it's god, so good! Oh my god, it's so it's good. So it's sold good. out everywhere, yeah. so we don't even have it on we the site anymore. Right now, but, but oh my god, because they were on Shark a, Tank, Pan's yeah. mushroom jerky. It is literally the my favorite my favorite thing in the world now. It's so it's so, so good. good. It's so so good. <laughs> so good, and it tastes so much. It tastes so much like meat and like I'm I'm not a huge meat eater and so I'm not a big jerky fan but I can finish a bag of that in five yeah. minutes it's so good yeah we've got some cool jerky so, so kelp jerky yeah another one yeah well that's jerky good. it's uh yeah. what's for dinner yeah <laughs> jerky. Great. I'll have to try that sometime when it's yeah. back in stock <laughs> yeah we'll send an email about it <laughs> yeah Oh, perfect. <laughs> yeah, when it's back in stock, yeah. you'll hear about it. Yeah. <laughs> why should people shop at Zippy? Yeah, I feel like there's a few reasons. Um, I think, first of all, like to support emerging brands um, and to support, like, I think this idea of like building a community that is for people by people and like supporting actual like individuals behind these brands and their stories. Um, this isn't like big business. This isn't venture backed. These are people who are actually trying to solve problems. They care about the products that they are putting out there. And a lot of them like we have, you know, 25% of our brands are founded by people of color, 25% of them, or I think it's more than that now. What is it? 30, 30% yeah. people of color, 25% are made from upcycled ingredients, meaning ingredients that would have been thrown into the trash that they are repurposing and turning into product. Um, we just seven over 70% are female founded. Like these are real people, real stories behind these brands. And they, you know, this, we're giving them a shot at, at increased exposure and we're giving them like real feedback. Um, we are just, you know, we're committed to the community around us. We are highly, highly engaged with the um, groups in Brooklyn who are supporting local food systems. You know, this is not a, this is not a, um, a multinational organization. Like we are real people and we care about real people. Um, so that's reason number one. Yeah. What else did you say? Yeah. Um, what else would I say? I think those are, you know, that's exactly what, um, you know, like what I was thinking too, is that just they're, you know, they're real people who are so passionate about, about food. And I think that every, every couple of years or so scandals come out about big food. 
Um, and it's like these are our founders who aren't who aren't taking shortcuts, um, who really do want to make healthy eating more enjoyable. That really want to introduce or uh, foster real like real food, um, and make you know make connections with people. And so I think that it's that personal it's that personal touch that really makes Zippy different. And um, and just knowing that you are supporting you're supporting individuals. And yeah. I think that we've seen with COVID that these small businesses have been so negatively affected and, and people are looking to shop small and looking to, you know, looking yeah. to support their communities more. And so this is a perfect way to do that. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think the other thing is that when you reach out to anyone at Zippy, like you're getting Remember, I mean, our team is four people. We're all women. You're getting one of us and you're going to get one of us reaching out to one of the founders and you're going to get an answer from one of us instantly. Like you're getting, you're getting real answers from real people who really care. Um, so I think there's this level of like high touch service and thoughtfulness that you're not going to get elsewhere. Um, and it's because of the pride that we take in what we're doing. Um, but also like this element of like, we actually like, we do want this to be a community um, and we do want this to be something that like where you can feel like you're a part of that community. And so anytime you engage with this brand, like we want it to feel like you want to keep engaging. Um, and so every interaction we hope to make meaningful. That's, that's amazing. Um, and how can people find out about Zippy and how can they, how can they see what you see all the pantry foods that they need to eat? Yeah, they can absolutely check out zippypantry.com. Um, you know, that's that's our that's our, our website um, where you can see all the snacks. You can sign up for our email list, our newsletter, um, to you know to get the latest on what we're doing, new new launches, founder stories, um, ingredient spotlights, all of that good stuff. Or follow us on Instagram at zippypantry. And we also have a Spotify channel where you can hear our favorite tunes. Uh, it's Zippy Pantry or Zippy Pantry Radio. Um, and you can also soon find us on TikTok. We're, uh, we're going to be testing that out soon. <laughs> yeah. but, but as E said, zippypantry.com and as Zippy Pantry on Instagram are our main channels. And uh, we really take pride in our content. We have a lot of, a lot of fun making it. Yeah. It's uh, highly unpolished, but that's what makes it real. Yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. Wow. Well, thank you so much for being on the podcast today. It was great to get to talk to you both. Mm -hmm.